Um, okay, last installment of habits. This is the last installment of habits. Are you guys ready to dive into this? This is the last of the series. This is part five. I was going to do four, but we needed one more. Um, and I want to let you know, um, uh, the f- next week, I'm going to be launching a new series. Um, I don't think it'll be controversial. Um, it's called Race, Sex, and Politics in the Church. So I don't, I feel like it'll just go over really well. Um, <laughs> So I invite you to come back to that next Sunday. Um, if there's anybody left after that series at One Family Church, <laughs> then we will start a series for Lent leading into Easter uh, about what Jesus says, uh, who Jesus says he is. Um, speaking of uh, controversial topics, I, I want to start today with, a fa- I think, a fairly controversial question. Um, and, and, and I would just like to get your feedback on it. Um, the question is this, DC or Marvel? Um, which one is? Marvel. Marvel, okay. It sounds like Marvel. It sounds like Marvel's the answer, right. Um, PC or Mac? Okay, all right. Oh, wow, all right, okay. All right, we're going to split the church if I go to Cincinnati versus LA. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, one thing about uh, whether you're a DC person or whether you're a Marvel person, uh, one thing that both of these brands have in common is there's a common theme among nearly all of their superheroes and has been ever since their little superhero first comics came out. And that's the theme of personal transformation. Personal transformation. I'll give you an example. You look at uh, Clark Kent, right? Clark Kent is a guy, he's uh, works in the newspaper, he's got glasses and a, t- and a shirt and a tie, right? But he transforms, he takes off, he takes off the shirt and the glasses and the tie and transforms into uh, a superhero who is stronger than a local mo- locomotive, right? Uh, can leap buildings in a single bound. I mean, he's just, he transforms from one thing to another. Um, any Miles Morales fans out there, my kids are crazy for Miles Morales. So Miles Morales, you know, he, he, his, his character takes off his little hoodie, takes off his, his Jordans, and he becomes Spider-Man, right? And suddenly uh, he can do whatever a spider can. Uh, he can spin a web of any size. Uh, he can, well, I can't remember the rest of the song, but anyway. Um, uh, but his transformation, his personal transformation, is this idea that you can change from one thing to another. Tony Stark. Another example of, of somebody who's like a pretty, you know, straight ahead business guy, but then he takes off his business attire, puts on, puts off one outfit, puts on a new outfit, and suddenly um, he's got superpowers, super strength, he can fly, he's got crazy weapons. It's personal transformation, and this theme, we see this not only in comic books, we see it all through literature, we see it in films, we see it in art, we see the concept of a person changing from one thing to another. I think the reason we see this, this theme so often in art and literature is, is because it resonates with us. All of us, all of us, I mean, 99.9% of us want to be transformed in one way or another. We want to be a better version of ourselves. We're all, for the most part, striving to be a better version of who we are, right? 
We want to be, we want to be changed. We want to, we want to be better financially. We want to be better in our relationships. We want to be better with our health, right? We, all of us have this kind of innate desire for transformation. That's what we're striving for. I was reading some statistics this week, uh, and, and these are fascinating. The self-improvement market size is expected to reach 14 billion by 2025. Self-improvement market. Why? Because people want transformation. They want personal transformation. They want to be different than they were. Motivational speaker and author Deepak Chopra has a net worth of $150 million, right? Because people are searching for some way to be different, to be better. The health gym and fitness club market is worth $37 billion. $37 billion. My $10 gym membership every month is contributing to that number. Amen. The weight loss and, and weight management diet market size was valued at $192.2 billion in 2019 and is projected to reach $295.3 billion by, 227, by 2027. You know what's interesting? Millennials have a strong desire for personal transformation. Approximately 75 million millennials worldwide, worldwide use self-help services. Why? Because we want transformation. They want transformation. I said we like I'm, it, like I'm a millennial. I'm just throwing myself in there. According to one survey, 94% of millennials reported making personal improvement commitments and said they'd be willing to spend nearly $300 a month on self-improvement. This is an idea, this concept of personal transformation resonates deeply with us because there's, in, in our heart of hearts, all of us want to be better than we are. We, want to, we don't want to be in the same place a year from now as we are right now. This is why we make resolutions, right? And one of the main reasons people come to church is because they say, man, I'm, I'm in a spot where I'm, where I'm at right now, but I don't want to remain in this spot. I want to be transformed. I want to be different down the road a year from now, two years. I want to be different than I am now. Not entirely different, but a better version of myself. I want to be upgraded, right? I mean, some of y'all are working at night, and you're going to school in the day and you're trying to raise kids and you're doing all of this stuff because you want things to get better. You're, some of you, your relationships, they just feel stuck. They just feel stuck. They just don't feel like they're moving anywhere and, 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 and maybe they're distant. Maybe it's cold and you go, mm, I want my relationship to be better, right? Some of you with like $100,000 of student loan debt and four credit cards are going, mm, I want this to be different, Right? I want to be transformed. I want to be changed. I want to experience personal transformation. So today in the last installment of, uh, of, of Habits, um, I want to preach a sermon called Building a New You. Building a New You. How many of you actually truly, just, just give me a show of hands. How many of you actually do want some kind of transformation in some area of your life? There's something in your life. Okay, good. If, 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 if not, that means you're perfect or you're complacent. One, one, one of the two. Um, we all do. We all want transformation. I want transformation in parts of my life. I, 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 love, I love trying to get better and striving to get better. I want to see things change in my life. Um, the uh, Apostle Paul was, was writing years ago to a group of Christians that are very similar to us. It's so interesting when you read the Bible, when you read the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches, the churches are no different 
in the first century as they are in the 21st century. It's the same, same issues, same challenges, same problems, all the same stuff. So the Apostle Paul is writing to a group uh, of Ephesians in, uh, in, in, in his letter to the Ephesians. And, and one of the things that he's experiencing is that these Ephesians, these early Christians, had experienced the grace of Jesus, right? They had put their faith in Jesus. God had saved them, but they were still kind of stuck in their old way of life. They were not experiencing personal transformation, their souls were different. Their identity was different because Jesus had died for them and he gave them his identity and he took their sin, but they were still living in their old identity. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you, you became a Christian, but you're, there's still some habits, some things that are stuck to you from your old life. And you go, man, why am I still stuck with this stuff when I want to be, I want to be Tony Stark, man. I want to, when I become a Christian, man, I want to step into a brand new way of, I want to be transformed into something different. You know, I want to be spinning webs and, you know, flying from building. I want to be changed. And the, and the Apostle Paul says, yeah, I, 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 I see that, right? You all got saved. Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but you're kind of stuck in the old way of life. You know, remember when the, when, the, when the Israelites were freed out of bondage, right? They were freed out of bondage by God, but it took them 40 years to get into the promised land, Right? They got saved, but they weren't, they weren't ready to move into the new life that God had promised for them. That wasn't God's fault. God was saying, look, the promised land is open. Come on in, right? But they were stuck. They, had, they were attached to some things from their past life that they needed to let go of so that they could move on into the new life that God had for them. So the apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians and he says this to them. He says, when y'all heard about Jesus, when you heard about Jesus, he said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. He said, look, when you learned about Jesus, what I taught you was you got to put some stuff off from your old life. You got you to let go of some things from your old life if you want to move into your new life. And then he said this, which is being corrupted by its de deceitful desires. And he said, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Somebody say, put off. Now somebody say, put on. The apostle Paul is saying, you got to put some stuff off. You got to take some stuff off. You got to discard some stuff from your old life. And then you got to put on some stuff from your new life. If you want your activity to catch up with your identity. Somebody, somebody needs to let that sink in. When you become a follower of Jesus, your identity is transformed immediately. You become righteous, right? But you might not act righteous quite yet, right? You are righteous because you're covered by the blood of Christ. You're saved, you're sanctified, you're, 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 you're righteous, you're holy, right? But you're not, you're, you're, your activity hasn't caught up with your identity. It'd be like, a, it'd be like somebody who was born a, a prince and didn't know he was a prince, and so he didn't live like a prince. He didn't talk like a prince. He didn't walk like a prince. But he was a prince. He just didn't know he was a prince. And somebody has to say to him, hey, you're a prince. Let's put on some princely clothes. Let's sort of walk like a prince. Let's talk like, let's, let's move into who you really are, right? This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. Another way of saying this, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Don't hold on to things that hold you back. Sometimes we hold on to things from our old self that are literally holding us back. We're holding on to them and they're holding on to us. We're holding on to things from our past self 
that are not allowing us to walk into our new self. Years ago, I, I used to do these adventure races uh, with a group of guys, and we'd do it out at um, some park way out in West County. It'd be like an eight-hour race in the dead of winter. And it was like you'd go trekking through the woods. You'd get on a canoe. You'd go down the Merrimack. You'd get on mountain bike. It'd be like eight hours of just intense racing. You're all looking at me like, that was dumb. I know. But um, I, thought, I thought it would be fun. Um, and I remember the first time I did it, which tells you I did it more than once. So, so. Uh, the first time I did it, um, I was, it was a team of four. I was with three other guys. And I felt like we were all fairly the same conditioning. You know, this is, this is a few years ago. Um, and we're, we're all moving through the woods. We're running through the woods. We're going up and down these hills and all this kind of stuff. And I'm dying. Like, I am just like puffing and huffing and I'm panting. I'm like, man, I'm, how can I, you know? And finally, one of the guys, this friend of mine named Jason, he says, man, we're all wearing backpacks. He goes, what do you got in your backpack? He's like, you, you know, and he kind of puts his hand on my backpack. He goes, you got it. Your backpack is heavy. What do you got in your backpack? I said, well, I got some, you know, I just got some lunch and stuff in my backpack, like in case we want to sit down and I don't know, spread out a blanket and I don't know. And he said, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of stuff do you have in your backpack? I said, I don't know. My wife packed it, right? So I take off my backpack. I've got a wheel of brie cheese, an entire wheel. I've got like a bag of oranges. I got, I got like bananas, like a whole thing. I got like four or five Gatorades. I got like 18 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Man, I'm like, my backpack is like 40 pounds of food. And so Jason says, he goes, dude, if you want to, this is like 30 minutes into the race. We got seven and a half more hours to go. He says, look, I know, you know, you don't want, you know, your wife made all this for you. So you're kind of, but if you really want to run this race, you're going to have to let go of some stuff. We're going to have to we're going to have to leave the oranges for the bears. Is that okay? So there are some animals that ate really well that day. Because I finally just had to unpack the bag. I don't know who drank the Gatorade. They might still be there. But I had, I had to let go of some things that were holding me back because I needed to be able to move forward. Some, sometimes in life, y'all, we hold on to ideas. We hold on to attitudes. We hold on to behaviors. We hold on to dispositions that are holding us back from moving into the life that God wants for us. Anybody holding on to anything you need to let go? Anybody sitting next to somebody who's holding on to something that they need to? Let me show you, let me show you what it looks like. Let me show you what it looks like. So maybe, maybe something from your old self is Maybe you just were somebody that just sort of chronically worried about stuff, you know, and there's, it's just a part of you. Like you come home from work, you get a weird email or your boss looks at you in a certain way or doesn't look at you in a certain way or whatever. And you go home and you just start chewing on that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you start going, I wonder what they meant by that. And then before you know it, it's like three in the morning and you're going, because you know, the way they said that, and then, then the way they looked at me, and I wonder if, right? And now it's all distorted and exaggerated, and like at this, like at some, now you've got, they've got a plot to kill you, right? I mean, you're just like, you've just, you've just turned it into something great, right? And so you carry this, you carry this, this, this habit around from your past, even though God says, be anxious for nothing, right? But in all things, by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God, and the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know that, but you're still kind of holding on to some worry, right? Maybe, maybe, you've got, maybe you've got a little bit of a anger thing that you're kind of holding on to. You don't even know where it comes from, 
But like suddenly, man, somebody, somebody says something and you just, it just, it's like you went from zero to a hundred. You just saw red. What just happened, right? And you blow up and then afterwards you feel sick to your stomach because you're like, why did I just do that? Like, that's not, that's not me. That's not like the new me. That's the old me, but, but, but you're stuck kind of holding on to that. Maybe, I know that nobody does this, but in Ephesus, they did this, right? They did this in Ephesus, right? You know, this is a serious, this is a serious matter. I, actually, let me just tell you this. If you see any of, any of these stones and you think, that's not that big of a deal, that's your stone. <laughs> that's because you do that, right? You go, well, that's not, I mean, I mean okay, but that's not that big of a deal, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, this is a big deal. God doesn't like it when we are divisive and we slander one another and we backstab each other. It's called the, the division of the brotherhood, right? It's, it's, it's divisive, right? But it's, some, it's kind of juicy. It's kind of fun, right, to sit there and go, yeah, did you see what she was wearing? Cause... Right? And so we hold on to that, right? Again, nobody here. But, but, but... Oh man, you guys act like you can't even read it. Everybody just went silent. <laughs> just totally silent. <laughs> sorry, I can't. I'm sorry. What was? <laughs> Zoom in on that, guys. Can you just, right? Whatever it is, se- any kind of sexual immorality that you kind of got kind of stuck on, right? It was your old self. It was your old thing. And, and like now you're kind of carrying it around. And what's happening is that the habits that you picked up are starting to weigh you down. They're starting to keep you from running the race that God has for you. Man, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. You just kind of exaggerate a little bit. Just a touch, right? But it's a habit. And people are noticing. You don't know what to do about that. You don't, you don't, you don't want to hurt people's feelings, so you just kind of tell a little one, but then you got to add another little one on top of that one in order to cover that one up. And before you know it, you're caught in a web, right? This is your old self. Let me see if I can do one more. Can I do one more? Because I'm getting, I'm getting weighed down. You're not going to be able to read this because there's too many letters. But comparison, comparison, right? Comparison, this is an old habit that you've been holding on to. And it can go two ways, right? It can be like, um, I'm looking at other people and I'm not as good as them. I'm looking at my, my people on Instagram and gosh, why are they on a yacht? I'm not, I'm not on a yacht. Why can't I be on a yacht? They have a better life than me. My life is terrible. I'm a loser. They're a winner, right? Or you go the other way. <laughs> what a punk, right? <laughs> I am so much better than those people. Like, can you look at them and then look at me, right? Comparison can go either way. So you're a follower of Jesus. You're a child of God. You've been freed by God from, from sin in terms of your identity, but you're still carrying around a heavy weight from the old habits and the old patterns and the old cycles from your old life. So the question then becomes, how do I, as a follower of Jesus, how do I get rid of this? How do I let this go? I wish I could just dump it, but have you ever just said, okay, I'm just gonna quit doing that? And then you do it like 14 minutes later. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? You just go, I'm done. Hereby I shall never gossip again. And then somebody calls and you go, did you see, right? We can't get rid of, here's the thing, you cannot get rid of them on your own. You cannot get rid of the habits that you've picked up on your own. 
You can't do it. How do you do it? I'm gonna give you a little principle, ready? Sin grows in the dark, but it dies in the light. The power of sin is in the secret. When you hold on to your stuff and you don't let anybody else know about it and you don't talk to God about it and you keep it to yourself, or even if you talk to God about it, but you don't tell anybody else about it, it's not going away. It's not going away. To get rid of sin, it has to be exposed. To get rid of bad habits, they have to be exposed. Not just to God, but to one or two other trusted brothers or sisters in your life. That's the way it works. Let me read you this scripture from James. I love it. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You wanna get rid of the stuff that you're carrying around? You gotta find somebody that you love, somebody that you trust, somebody that's not gonna go putting you on blast on Instagram and on Facebook, somebody who's gonna who's a follower of Jesus, somebody who's trying to do the right, don't tell somebody who's got the same problem as you. Because then you're all going to go do the same problem together, right? Now you just found a sin partner. You don't need a sin partner. You need somebody who's going to help relieve you of some stuff. Kirk, could I, could I have your help uh, here for a minute? So you need, you need a, a brother or sister in Christ that you can come to and, and you say, hey man, I just, I've got this comparison thing. Can you help me? Can you just help me take that off? Hey, you know what? Actually, you know what? Hey, throw it over there in that trash can. I don't even want to look at it. Yeah, let's just get rid of it. Come on. Let's just get rid of that. Hey, wait, wait. Hold on. Listen to this. John 1, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And not only that, he'll purify us from all unrighteousness. He'll start to transform, personally transform us from what we were to what to what he wants us to be, to what he designed us to be, to what he built us to be. Hey, man, I've just been not telling the truth lately. You know, I just got some dishonesty. Can you just help me get rid of that, right? And so we, we pray together. We're in a life group together. Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals, are you with me? Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces finds mercy. Hey, man, this, this sexual immorality, man, there's the porn or literature or whatever it is that I'm looking at, images. I just need you to help me. Let me just, let me be accountable, bro, right? Boom, you get rid of it. Let me give you one more. You ready? This is all through the Bible. If I had more bricks, I'd just give you more scriptures. But anyway, Psalm 32, verses three through five. When I kept silent, when I didn't reveal my stuff, when I tried to hold it in, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. The sins were weighing me down, right? Your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. But what happened? Then I acknowledged my sin to you. And I did not cover up my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Let's get rid of this gossip, man. Let's get rid of this temper. I just, you know, let's get rid of some worry. Let's just, let's together. You know what I mean? You, me, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's just get rid of some, let's just get rid of some stuff. Amen, somebody? Come on. Thank you, brother. You cannot do this on your own. If you want to put off the old self, if you want to experience personal transformation, 
You have to do it in community. That's the way the body of Christ works. You don't have to tell everybody, but you have to tell somebody. You got to tell somebody. You got to have somebody in your life that you go, man, I am working through some stuff and I'm trying to put off some old self stuff that I've been carrying around that's weighing me down. I cannot run the race. I cannot win the race. I cannot live into the identity that God has for me. I cannot grow into the the image that he wants me to, to be until I get rid of some stuff. And I need your help. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit within me. But notice what the Apostle Paul says. It's not just getting rid of stuff, right? It's not just putting off the old self. What's he say? He says in verse 24, he says, but put on the new self, right? Don't just put off something, put something on. And then he said this, created to be like God, put on the new self, which is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you know that God is calling us to be conformed to the image of his son? Does anybody know that? Like God is not calling you to just manage your sin, like, the, like sin management. He's not calling us to just be like, as long as I've kind of got it in this box. No, he's calling us to be fully, completely transformed over time into, what does it say? Into true righteousness and holiness. I mean, that's huge. Like that's a dip, that's Tony Stark. We just went from Miles Morales to Spider. He's like, I'm, he's saying, I want you to be fully transformed. I don't want you to spend your life muddling along the way you are. I want you to be fully and completely transformed so that when you are done, you are a different person than the, than the way you were when you started. Anybody else with me on that? He's saying, this is, he's saying, I want you to get a picture of yourself. And the picture of yourself is like the true righteousness and holiness of God transformed into the image of his son, right? Totally renewed, totally purified, living a completely different kind of life. That's what he wants. But that's kind of too big for us to imagine. I can already tell you guys are like barely kind of imagining it, right? Because you go, man, I mean, that's just too much. Like, I just know where I'm at right now. I'm kind of in my lane, you know, but I can't imagine like being, what am I trying to be a saint? Yeah, actually, yeah, 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 he is. He wants to transform us into the true righteousness and holiness of, of Christ. But it's hard to put your, put your head around. So how do, we even, how do we even think about that? How do we even think about, how do we even get there emotionally, right? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my, my son Lincoln and I, we have this book called The Wonders of the World. It's like a coffee table book in our house. And it's just been sitting there as decoration for probably 10 years. I don't think I've ever opened it. Um, but, it, you know, I set my coffee on it. It's very convenient for a lot of things. And, and, um, but the other day, Lincoln and I just picked it up and we start to open it. And one of the wonders of the world uh, is, is the, uh, the Great Pyramid of Giza. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's just it's like a, it's an architectural masterpiece, right? It's like 450 feet tall. It covers about 13 acres. They estimate that it's about 13 billion pounds. This thing is huge. It was the biggest man-made structure on the planet for a very, very long time. It's, it's just massive, right? But what you notice, we're looking at it, we're talking about it. We're like, man, this is incredible. They actually think it took probably 20 years to build, uh, maybe tens of thousands of artisans and craftsmen, Egyptian uh, laborers to, to build this thing. But what's interesting is that when you zoom in, you zoom into it, right? All it is, is one stone upon another. 
The whole thing is just one stone upon another. That's how they built it. They put a stone down and put another stone and then put a stone on top of it. And over time, one stone at a time, one stone at a time, they built this great pyramid. What does that mean for us? The way to build a new you is just one habit at a time. You can't leave here today going, I am going to become the true righteousness and holiness of God in my behavior, in my attitude, in my actions. I am fully transformed. Today I walk out with my newly minted spidey suit and I'm totally different. No. The Apostle Paul says we just, we just start to put these things on. We replace gossip with encouragement. Right? We, we replace dishonesty with candor and authenticity and transparency. We replace greed with generosity. We put some stuff off and then we put some stuff on. We start to put things on. So what, what does that mean? What does that look like? It looks like this. It means what we say is, you know what I'm going to do? Here's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to take, before, before I lie down in my bed tonight, I'm going to kneel down by my bed. And I'm not going to pray for 14 hours, but I'm going to kneel down long enough to whisper a prayer to God. And actually, maybe even before I stand up in the morning, I'm going to slip off the side of my bed and I'm going to kneel down and I'm just going to say, thank you, God, for this day. I just come before you today. So now you're building a very small habit, right? You're building a very small, incremental, small brick. You haven't transformed into, you know, uh, Iron Man yet, but you're starting to build a tiny little habit. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually choose joy habitually a couple times, right? Right when I'm ready to complain, I'm going to go, actually, you know what? God's good. God's good. I'm going to actually not just talk to God about my problems. I'm going to talk to my problems about my God. I'm going to come to church and go, man, I'm going to rejoice. We're going to celebrate God. I'm going to worship. I'm going to say, God, you're good, right? How about, how about instead of like when you pick up that phone, right? Instead of cutting somebody, you encourage somebody, you become an encourager. You become somebody who says, you know, I'm going to help. I'm going to encourage. It's just something small. But I'm going to just, I, call, I called a guy, I texted a, a guy this morning because I, I, was, I was reading my own sermon this morning. And I just texted him. I go, hey, man, I just want you to know, man, I'm proud of you. I'm grateful for you. I just think you're doing great. Go for it. Right? I don't know what his reaction was, but I was encouraged by my encouragement of his, of him. Right? You want to be encouraged, encourage somebody. Right? These are little, tiny habits. How about this? Who are you holding on to right now? What bitterness are you holding on to that's holding you down? Right? Who in your life have you not released? Who have you not forgiven? We're just going to build, build a little habit of that. I want to build some. This is, this is awesome right here, right? Maybe just spending a little bit of time opening the Word of God. You know what you can do? Take your notes from the sermon today. This week, just go on. You can Google them. Go on Google, look them all up, read them for yourself. <laughs> they actually say the things I said they said, right? But you start, to, you start to not just feed what somebody else baked, you start to feed yourself. You start to bake your own cake, right? You start to feed your own self, right? How about service, right? I'm gonna go join a team. I'm gonna find a spot where I can serve. I'm gonna find a, an area where I'm gifted, where I'm strong, where, I'm, where I can be helpful, right? Now we're building a life. I'm gonna express some kindness, I'm going to start being a little more generous with my attitude, my thoughts. My, I'm going to be generous with my, my time, my resources, my skills. I'm, going to, I'm building. You see, what I'm, you see what we're building? We're building an entire... Because why? You know why? 
because the habits you build eventually build you. What kind of life do you want? So I'm going to build, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to, and then, and then what's going to happen <laughs> is I'm going to slip. But then my brother Kirk is going to go, hey man, I saw you slip. Let me help you build that back up. Let's, let's put some more wisdom on there, right? Let's secure that. Okay. I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to say, God, I just thank you for who you are. I just, I just want you to know that I'm grateful, right? And then we start to build a life. We don't build the pyramid overnight. What we do is we, we kind of take off some of the old stuff, right? This old dusty thing, like, I, I, I just, I just want to, I'm going to take this off, right? Because there's some stuff that I'm letting go. I'm not going to throw this in the trash because I really like this jacket. I'm going to just, <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to start with something new. Here's the final part. And this is amazing. It doesn't end here, Right? Right down, in the, down the passage a little further, Ephesians 5, 8, the apostle Paul says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And then he says this, live as children of light. Children of, that sounds like a Marvel character. The child of light, right? Live as children of light. Last, last note, ready? Here it is. Transformation doesn't end with you. Transformation doesn't end with you. You are not transformed for the purpose of being transformed. Apostle Paul says, be light. You are transformed for the purpose of being an agent of transformation in the life of somebody else. That's what the Christian life is all about. The Christian life is not, I am changed, so now I'm great. It's, I am changed, now I want to go help somebody else be transformed. I'm going to be somebody who is an agent of transformation. That's why Jesus said, let your light shine. Be a light. Let your light shine, right? So that others may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So what does that look like? It looks like this. It looks like me saying, you know what? The thanksgiving that I have now built into a habit of my life, I'm going to, I'm going to show somebody else how to live in gratitude. I'm just going to pass that along to somebody else, right? The wisdom that I've gained in my time as a follower of Jesus, I don't know if, my, if the videographers can follow me. This is my son back here. Follow me, son. You got me, right? The wisdom that I've gained, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass this along. There you go, Richard. That's kind of heavy, but yeah, right? My generosity, I'm going to show somebody else about gen- I'm going to teach my kids how to be generous. I'm going to teach my, 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 my nieces and nephews how to, how to be generous. I'm going to, I'm going to give that away so that somebody... And this is, what, this is what the Christian life looks like. It looks like you and me being transformed individually. Then we become transformed corporately as the body of Christ, right? So I'm transformed. You're transformed. We're, tra- we're all on a process of being transformed. Then we as a body of believers become transformed. Then we walk out of here and we go transform the world around us. Today, many of us are going to watch the Super Bowl. The one part of the Super Bowl that we're not going to see is the part that occurs in the locker room before the football players come out. It's like a team huddle. In the locker room, before the game, the team is gathered, the coaches are there, and the coaches are saying, hey, this is who you are. 
this is who you are. We've worked for this. We've built for this. You've trained for this. You've disciplined yourself for this. This is who you are. And here's the plan. We're going to go out of here. We're going to run these plays. We're going to run those plays. We're going to go do it, right? They have a huddle, and then they run out on the field, and then they go do it. Let me tell you what church is. This, what we're doing right now, coming together, this is the huddle. This isn't the game. This is not your Christian life. This is where followers of Jesus come together and go, hey, this is who you are. Pastors and teachers and preachers and prayer people. and This is who you are, right? We're being reminded from the scripture. This is who we are. This is the game plan. These are the plays we're going to go run, right? When you walk out of the doors, that's when the game begins. That's the Christian life. It's not in here. This is just a huddle where we're coming together to learn about the game that God wants us to play out on the field. And so today, I just want to say to to those of you who are, maybe you're feeling discouraged because, man, you've, you've tried and you failed, right? You lost 13 pounds, then you gained 14. You cut up one credit card, and then you got another one, right? You've started to make a little headway, and then you failed back. Let me tell you something. First of all, don't let that, don't let that failure become your identity. Because before any of this happens, the scripture says, before, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. You became the righteousness of God the day that he died for you, the day that you accepted his his salvation into your life. You You were transformed immediately. This is just a matter of us trying to catch up with who we really are, right? Little by little, with one another, encouraging one another, caring for one another, praying for each other, looking after each other. Why? Because we want to put off the old self and put on the new. Because we want to be transformed to become agents of transformation because God wants to change us so that we can go out and change the world let's pray Father we come before you grateful for who you are grateful God for the the love that you've shown us even while we were sinners even while we've been carrying around the baggage and the habits and the cycles and the patterns from our old life. You still love us. You still, you, still, you still smile upon us. But that's not enough for us, God. We, we want to be changed. We want to be transformed. We want to experience personal transformation. We want to put off the old and put on the new. And so today, God, I pray by the power of your spirit that you would give us the strength through your Holy Spirit and through the encouragement and the fellowship of our brothers and sisters in Christ that we would live in to the true identity, that we would be transformed from one thing to another, that over time, brick by brick, stone by stone, you would build us into the men and women that you designed us to be, that you imagined us to be from before the foundation of the earth. I pray, Lord God, you would give us the strength to build one habit upon another, to stack habit upon habit upon habit, until we are really living out what you've designed us to be, which is the true righteousness and holiness of God. I pray for everybody here, God, who is longing for you. If anybody has not put their faith in you, I pray this would be the day that they would say, I want that transformation. I want to experience that for myself. I pray that they would just 
take a moment, Lord God, and put their trust in you, believe on you, put their faith in you. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. As we close, I do want to invite you, if you're a guest or a visitor, we would love to send you, uh, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to send you the free gift that I described to you earlier. And if there's anything else you need from us, we, we are here to serve you. That's our job. Jesus said, let the greatest among you be the servant of all. We want to be great. We want to serve you. So if you want to take a moment, fill out a connection card, you can put it in one of the baskets at the end of service uh, and, and, um, and let us know how we can serve you, okay? Um, another way that we worship here, and this is for those of you that call this your church home, we worship with our generosity, with our giving. If you're a guest, please don't feel any obligation to do that. Uh, this is our gift to you. But the way that we as a church operate and the way that we expand the mission of Jesus is that we give um, and we give generously. And this church is a truly amazing, generous church. Can I just tell you something real quick? We're, we're scheduled this year. We're on track to give away as a church to other nonprofit agencies, other organizations, homeless shelters, all kinds of agencies, mission agencies, mission. We're on track to give away almost two, mi uh, two million. Oh, that would have been amazing. $200,000. Someday two million. I mean, you guys don't even know it, but you are... It, it, through your generosity, you are agents of transformation. There are so many stories I want to tell you, but I'm not going to do that right now. There, there are massive things happening as a result of your generosity. So if this is your church home, be a part of that. Um, also, if you need prayer, our prayer team is in the side auditorium. They'll pray for you. If you want to take communion, you can take communion over there. Um, but we just want you to take, take the time today to really say, God, I want to be changed. Maybe you just in your own mind today, decide what habit am I going to break this week? What am I going to put off this week? What habit am I going to build this week? What stone am I going to lay for the future foundation of my life this week? Amen. Amen. Would you all stand with me as we close out this service today? I want, to, I want you to just open your heart, lift up your voice, be an air drummer for God and just worship him as we close out our service.